Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low, a podcast. Bittersweet week. Last major of the year. And then we start transitioning to a little football. But uh, we've we've had a good, good major season. Rory easily could have won the U.S. Open. Gave it to Wyndham Clark. Kepka and Rom. And I think it's fair to say that we are going to get another big boy to win this bad boy. We will have... Jason Sobel on the podcast, break down the tournament, Rory's effort last week at the Scottish, who he's betting this week, who he likes, talk some odds, as well as uh, I have some thoughts on Steph Curry. I saw Rob Gronkowski, and a lot of people were talking about this. Could Steph be a pro at golf? And then I'll give my own picks for the Open, as well as just some overall thoughts. I think it's clearly going to come from probably one of the top seven, eight guys in this tournament. I mean, they've played this place twice since 2006, Tiger and Rory. So uh, buckle up. I, I I wouldn't bet on anyone 100, 100 to one. Pro- probably not going to get the job done, but l- let's enjoy this week. It's always fun across the pond, the wind, the rain, the cold, the sleet. Who knows? Maybe it'll just be sunny and pretty docile all weekend. Y- you never know. That's the great part about outdoor events. You know, the weather channel can tell you one thing and then something else can happen. It happened a couple of years ago, the year Morikawa won the Open. That would have been two years ago now. It Wind didn't blow. So you, you never know. Last week, pretty pretty calm, pretty calm. Then Sunday, by the end, the wind's pumping 35, 40 miles an hour. So it, it makes golf very, very fun as a viewer. A little harder to play. Uh, never been over there for anyone listening that has. Very jealous. Whether it's to Scotland, Ireland, feels like just incredible place to take your golf clubs or even rent clubs and just play some golf. <laughs> you know, it's where it all started. Uh, they value it there. Obviously the pints flow. So it's sounds like heaven to me. Sounds like heaven to me. Uh, other than that, if you go to the volume.com, I posted on my social channels, the volume.com. We got a deal going a little major deal. Get a polo, go low polo. You get a half hat off. With the promo code OPEN23. OPEN23. So go to the Volumes website. Thevolume.com. Find the Golo merch. Get a little Golo polo. And you also get a Golo hat for half off. So I, I posted on Instagram. On Golo Pods Instagram. On my own Instagram. I'll put it on Twitter. Thevolume.com. Go check it out. Highly recommend it. 
and this might be the last go low pocket. We might have one reacting to the uh, to this tournament if it's really good. But football's right around the corner, so we got to say adios to golf, which is sad. But you know that's that's usually what happens after the last major for football guys. Uh, so let's enjoy it, and uh, hopefully everyone's having a good week, and we make some money gambling either through daily fantasy lineups or some top tens, some top fives, or maybe pick the outright winner. As my girlfriend said to me, do you ever do you ever win? I said, well, you know, I haven't won in a while, but doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Quitters never prosper. You just got to keep firing. And that's the game plan this week. So let's let's dive in. But first, go to your smartphone, download the Game Time app, promo code GOLO, G-O-L-O-W, to get $20 off any pair of tickets. Concerts, comedy shows, uh, you name it, any games. You, you want to go to a golf event you got one of these playoff events coming near you you, you live in italy you, you want to go to the Ryder cup you want to go to a football game this fall you want to go to a baseball game the rest of summer i got you covered download game time the official ticketing app of this podcast and use the promo code go low for 20 dollars off can't recommend them enough i use them religiously okay last major of the year which is awesome but also kind of sucks First and foremost, Rory kind of got over the hump. I, I thought he was in desperate need for, listen, the, the guy's won a ton and he's going to continue to win. But to win like he did, and for those of us on the West Coast, we weren't going to get up in the middle of the night. So we were going to watch it on replay. And I had a bet on Tommy Fleetwood. I was hoping to wake up and Tommy Fleetwood was going to be the champion. I had him, I think, 22 to 1. I rolled over and I look and the athletic or whoever comes up on my phone, just said Roy McElroy holds off or uh, didn't upset him, but upset him in the sense that he was down up. You know, he had to make up two shots in two holes with the wind pumping. And I thought for the first time in a long time, we know how great the guy is. Uh, the guy makes a ton of money on the golf course. The guy is as long off the tee as anyone we've ever seen that can consistently hit fairways. He's a stud. I, I will defend him. Like, obviously he's a star, but He's worthy of that stardom. Now, it's tournaments like that happened last weekend when he birdies the last two holes into the wind, a 190-yard par three that was probably playing 230, uh, 18, a par four, which a birdie to win, it's 445, probably playing 490 because he goes driver, whatever, two iron, and hits one of the best shots of his career. And it's like, if that is the version of a guy who's dialed and free because of this merger, like he can win any major. Because really, he could have won two of the last four majors, right? The U.S. Open was his to win. Couldn't make a putt. The, the Open last year at St. Andrews was his to win. He hit every fucking green. Didn't make a putt. And Cam Smith just went nuts. He can putt. <laughs> and it's the difference right now between Rory having whatever, six majors, instead he has four. And Cam Smith and Wyndham Clark each have one. Because he just couldn't quite seal the deal like he did on Sunday. Now, the Scottish Open is not a major, and McIntyre is not exactly John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, or Brooks Kepka, but still, that, that that was very impressive. And that's all we want out of our stars sometimes, is when their back's against the wall, can they get it done? Can they find a way? Can they overcome everyone else? Why? Because they're better. There's a reason Rory coming into this week is 6-7-1, to because he's legitimately better than everyone else. So when he does something like that, it's spectacular to watch, but you go, yeah, it's Rory McIlroy. 
Right? When Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or Tom Brady, they do miraculous shit or Steph Curry, it's not that crazy because they are those guys. And I think one thing that's been missing lately from Rory's resume is some of that, is not just getting out in front running, not being in positions and not getting it done. He's too good to not be the closer that we saw on Sunday. And it's why I don't, I, I couldn't blame anyone for hammering him this weekend. Obviously, the confidence, the game is there. Clearly, the shot making, if the weather gets a little weird, which it clearly can across the pond. I, I've never played in Scotland, in Ireland, in England. I, I've played in Bandon Dunes, and I freaking love Lynx golf. It is, it's not fun when the wind is blowing 40 or 50 miles an hour. But if the wind is 20, 25, it, it's just an awesome way to play. It's, it's made for an artist. That's so why think of the guys that have won historically. Think of the best player over there over the last 10 years. It's been Spieth. It's not a robotic style of golf. You have to have all the shots. And that's, I think you can question sometimes with Rory, but what he showed last week, like that was Tiger-like. And it's why Tiger dominated over there, right? It's Ricky, I would consider an artist, has had some success over there. Tommy Fleetwood, a great ball striker, can work the ball high and low, has a lot of success over there. Historically, a lot of, you know, just those type guys. Shane Lowry's a guy that can keep the ball under the wind. Won a major over there. So I, I love this major. It's just way different from everything we're used to. I wish golf would play more internationally. Now I understand with the TV deals they have, NBC and CBS, it's not ideal when you're teeing off at three o'clock in the morning, Pacific Standard Time, right? It's why they like the the LA and the West Coast majors because it's prime time or hell, just wherever, just somewhere in the States. It is difficult logistically, but I, I do think this weekend and just like whenever they play over there, it brings into light the passion of the people. Golf was invented across the pond. How much these people care about the sport. Uh, obviously, soccer is the number one sport in the world, but in certain of these countries, it's every bit as big. And just the uniqueness of the viewing experience, right? I don't personally like playing golf in freezing cold. I don't like playing golf in a jacket. If I have to put on a beanie and a jacket, it's like, yeah, I'll just stay in, right? I, I like it about, I, I don't mind the heat. I mean, it's currently 180 degrees in Scottsdale. It's had a bit too hot to play golf. I haven't played in like a month. But if you tell me 110, between 110 and 95, I can play golf all day long. And I, I think most people that like to play golf don't mind it in the heat. It freezing cold golf is very difficult, but it's also a unique test for these guys. And it's why we got coming into this major Scotty Scheffler, who, as Jason Sobel told me, has lost to 71 people this year. He is easily having the greatest non-Tiger Woods slash major winning season of my lifetime. What he's doing is beyond remarkable. It's like you, you can look at the stats. They're eye-opening. But just every single week when the dust settles, he's T3, he's second, he's T4. I mean, he's just rattling off top fives. I think he has, what, six straight top fives? Uh, has the lowest finish he's had this season. It's like T12 back in 2022 in the fall uh, kind of turnaround part of the season. So just a remarkable player. Now, he's only won twice. Speaking of a guy that's doubled his win total, John Rahm, a little out of sight, out of mind. I, I think I'm going to bet on John Rahm this week strictly because of the odds. You know, you can get them 12, 13 to one, where the other two guys are basically betting six and a half, seven to one. And uh, you got to bet a horse. You got to bet a horse. You know, when you think about the majors this year, think about starting with the Masters, final group. Who was it? 
Kepka and Rom. The PGA Championship, who won? Brooks Kepka versus Victor Hovland. The U.S. Open, Wyndham won, but Roy right there and Ricky, I wouldn't call a favorite, but he was definitely trending and a guy, I think at the time, was like 40, 35 to 1 maybe for that U.S. Open. This week, he's 25 to 1. Another guy I like a lot. Uh, the guys I'm going to ride this week, I'm going to pick John Rahm out of the three. I might also put a little bit on Rory and Fleetwood and Ricky to top five, top ten, and, and sprinkle a little bit to win. But I, I'm just going to ride big names. I'm going to ride horses because when you look at this tournament, the last two times they've played in this venue in the last 20 years, Tiger Woods won it and Roy McIlroy won it. Think about that. I mean, it's a lot of majors, a lot of wins between the two of those guys. So th- this is a secretariat is going is to win this bad boy this week. So I, I'm very excited. It's fun to gamble on. It's really the last, you know, real tournament you can gamble on because once the playoffs start, they cut it down to 70 and then to 35, and it just becomes a lot more difficult. Uh, this is the last time, at least until we figure out how this is all going to play out with Live Golf, the Live guys together, get Kepka, get Cam Smith, get DJ, Patrick Reed, DeChambeau. As of right now and potentially next year, because I, I – you know, listen to enough podcasts with the big J's. There's not a guarantee that Liv is going to disappear next year. Maybe it handles one more year. So we might have four more of these where this is the only time we get everyone, the band back together. So let's enjoy it. Uh, I'm excited. I, I personally am rooting for bad weather, crazy wind, some cold, some rain. I, I flipped on the golf channel today and Todd Lewis was walking down the course with Ricky. They both had umbrellas. Wind was kind of coming in sideways. I don't want to play in it, but I do want to watch it. And uh, we've had a really good major season with basically Tiger being MIA. I guess he played in the Masters, but he could barely move. And then the last two majors he hasn't played, and clearly this week he's not playing either. So uh, the golf has somehow managed to be Tigerless and, and keep on you know, doing pretty well. I think their ratings at the U.S. Open were really high. Makes sense. Rory was right in the mix. And and yeah, so let's just let's enjoy this and take it for what it is. And last but not least, I had a buddy, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, who used to be a big time writer at ESPN. Then went to the Athletic and got a lot of admiration for the guy. He just kind of went on his own, runs a Substack, just fantastic. If you like the NBA, if you like kind of media business, he just writes interesting shit. He does not hold back. He does not write like other big J's. He he doesn't play scared. Really smart guy, went to Cal, and we just text over the years about different things, and he, he texts me on Sunday after Steph Curry won the Tahoe, they call it the ACC, the American Century Championship, and he, he forwarded me a Gronk tweet. Basically, like Gronk was like, could this guy be a pro? And back in probably 2015 or 2016, I followed Steph. He played in a Corn Ferry event. I forget the course's name. It's a little hilly, linksy type course in a little south of the airport in uh, in the Bay Area. I, I could be off a little logistically. Maybe it's not quite south. Maybe it's east of the airport. But I never pl- played it. It's in Millbrae, California. And the Corn Ferry Tour is probably better now than it was back then, but it was still pretty good. I mean, guys, most guys that ended up on the PGA Tour kind of came that way. And I watched Steph in very, very difficult conditions play with the defending champ of the event, shoot 74. And there's a difference between just going to your local course, if you're like a four or five handicap, three handicap, two handicap, and shooting a 74, and playing in front of, I'm going to guess there were several thousand people following hole to hole. Uh, 
and conditions were very, very hard and shoot 74. It was really impressive. I remember coming away and I had been around at the time, you know, I was probably 30 years old, been around golf for 20 strong years thinking this dude's really good at golf. That that was a very, very impressive round. And then watching him at the match a couple weeks ago against Kelsey and Mahomes with Clay, who's terrible. He was, he was bad. And I kind of chalked it up. You know, he's got three kids now, busy schedule, probably doesn't get to practice as much, but that's as bad as I've ever seen him. And you could argue he was younger, less responsibility with in terms of children when I watched him at the Corn Ferry Tour, but he was definitely better. And I watched a guy at the ACC, one, just let's put it in, in context, that's phenomenal to be an active athlete and win that thing. And he hit a hole. He made a hole in one on Saturday. He won it with a walk off eagle. Now Tahoe, a little bit like Coors Field in baseball, ball flies. I mean, he had a par five on eighteen. He went driver sandwich. Maybe it was driver gap wedge, but it's not exactly driver three wood. So the the course is very easy, and it was very impressive. Easy in terms of length wise for guys that can hit it far, and he's clearly one of those. But any of this talk that this guy could be a pro, and Steph, I think, would be the first to tell you this because he plays with pros, and he's definitely played with quote-unquote minor league guys, dudes on the Corn Ferry. He would have no chance to play on that tour, especially the version of Steph Curry now. I mean, the dude was chunking chips, no different than me or you, guys that are low single-digit handicaps. Or if you're listening, you're a 15 handicap. You do that as well. But he is not. If I took a guy from the Corn Ferry Tour right now, either some young star or maybe an older guy, Spencer Levine, who won a Corn Ferry event. He would have won the Tahoe tournament with his fucking eyes closed and one hand. They would run circles around everyone, including Steph, Marty Fish, Tony Romo, Aaron Rodgers. It The gap between... And I'm not trying to shit on Steph's accomplishment. That was incredible. It was fun to watch. He's fun when he's playing good golf. He's just a great showman, and the tournament is very, very lucky to have a guy like Steph who loves playing golf. Right, Elway's love playing golf. Gretzky's love playing golf. We've had guys over the years, and it kind of keeps cycling through. Mahomes is now into it. Kelsey's. I watched Kelsey one time at TPC Scottsdale practice for like three hours. So when watching the the broadcast, going, God, he's improved a lot. Well, yeah, he practices and tries really, really hard. So I, I saw it firsthand. The dude, I, I was screwing around for a couple hours. Looked at him at the back of the range. He's just chipping and putting the whole time. But Steph's pretty good. Like Steph can go to most courses if he's playing well. And shoot between, I would say, seventy three to seventy six. Like he from the tips. Like he, he's a good player, but the gap between him and the Corn Ferry Tour in two thousand twenty three is a mile wide, and the gap between him and fringe tour players slash like guys holding on to their tour card for dear life is insanely big. And I think it, he's not pushing this on anyone. Other people are talking about it, but he'd be the first to tell you that. The gap is really, and it's widened because I think he plays less golf as he's gotten older just because you got kids, you got a life. Uh, his You play deep into the playoffs all the time. He's not able to just go out to the golf course five days a week. Now he's still going. And my theory was after the match, which for his standards was pretty embarrassing, really was, because at different times Mahomes and Kelsey were out playing him. On a given day, Steph Curry with one arm could beat both those guys, giving them five shots aside. Like it's, the, he is much better than the, I think he was pretty embarrassed. And I know he's worked with Butch before. They were talking about it. I would imagine he got a lesson. I would imagine he grinded and he came ready to play and, and he won that bad boy. And it was awesome to watch the walk off Eagle. 
But any talk by some of these athletes that don't know golf that well, or just people like Strauss, he's like, can you put this into context for me? Is he that close? I'm like, no, he's not very close. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, just no different than the guy that's really good at pickup basketball is nowhere near good enough to play in the fucking G League. Like the, the guy, you know, working out really hard playing like men's league rugby. He ain't close to the NFL. He ain't Vince Papali. So nothing but props. I I think it's awesome for a game that I love that Steph likes it so much. Brings a lot of positive light. He's done a lot of good for the game. Uh, his passion shows through when you watch him in these tournaments. He talks about it nonstop. So it's very, very cool. And I'm all for it. But the talk about him being a pro, no fault of his own. He's not saying that. But people, we got to pump the brakes because you give me the worst guy on the Corn Ferry you know, tour, they would go to that tournament and they would kick everyone's ass easily. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the black buffalo herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches.
live here with my main man, Sirius XM star, Action Network gambling aficionado, uh, probably soaking in that Florida heat right now, Jason Sobel, last major of the year. What's cracking, my brother? Yeah, Florida heat's not bothering me at all. Didn't make the trip overseas this week, but I haven't left my house in probably 48 hours because I'm working on all this content. So uh, no heat, no problem. Before we dive into golf, who would you say is the uh, the NFL running back of the PGA Tour? Oh, my goodness. Um, famous, good, but yet replaceable? Famous, good, replaceable... I, I mean, oh, geez, there's a lot of ways I can go with this. I, I almost like analogizing certain running backs to certain players. I thought that's maybe where we go. Uh, there are certain players. Like, if Patrick Cantley didn't play an event for four months and the media didn't pick up on it, the fans out there would not be like, where's Patrick Cantley? Fans would just be like, you know, whatever. Like, wouldn't notice it. I mean, I wonder how many fans actually knows that Will Zalatoris has not played golf in six months or whatever it's been. It's- and that's a good example, right? Like Saquon or Josh Jacobs can run for 250 yards in a game. Can't let you could take him to any tournament, probably non-major, but any legit tournament, he could win it by five shots. And it's like, God, Patrick Cantlay is sweet. Next week, no one's talking about him. No one cares. The only story about Patrick Cantlay this week, paired with Brooks, everyone making fun that Brooks is going to be pissed off because he's walking really slow. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. It, it's going to be slow anyway. It's windy. Guys, guys don't care who their playing partners are. I mean, it makes for good pre-tournament press conference talk, but it doesn't care. By the way, can we spend the rest of the pod comparing uh, NFL running backs to players on the PGA Tour? I, I'm like all in on this now. Uh, to me, Sam Burns is a guy really talented, and when he's on, like you feel good if you're gambling on him. You saw that match play. It's like he, Ryder Cup. He, his ceiling's really high. But another guy that's like, Probably could just, if Ludwig becomes sweet, just put another guy you don't really notice. Yet, when Sam Burns is on, he can just win a PGA Tour event against other really legit players. So I'd say Sam Burns is like uh, the Josh Jacobs, you know, Alabama, Sam Burns, LSU. So, you know, SEC guy. I I like that comp. I mean, how many of the live guys are essentially what we're talking about, which, you know, Patrick Reed was a polarizing player for eight, nine years on the PGA he's Antonio Tour. He Bra- he's Antonio Brown. He is not Antonio Brown. He is, uh, uh, I don't know. As a Pats fan, I was I was going to say Tom Brady. There were some cheating allegations there, but no, I, I can't give him the Brady comparison. Uh, but he can just like, all of a sudden, like he's a polarizing player in the game. He goes somewhere else. We, it's just out of sight, out of mind. Okay, let's <laughs> let's dive into <laughs> golf. Uh, I, I I opened up the pod with uh, before we dive into this week where he is the defending champion at this venue, whatever, 2014. I, I thought those last couple holes, given he was one shot back, I must have been watching on the replay because you couldn't keep track with how to consume the event. And obviously us on the West Coast, they, they were teeing off at one in the morning. But the wind was absolutely pumping by the time he got to 15, 16. But being down by one shot going into 17 and 18, which clearly was playing pretty hard, to go birdie, birdie, that's as, speaking of football, as grittiness, that's as much grit as I've seen out of Rory. Like, that was Tiger-like, I thought. Like, that that was something Tiger, Phil, it's like the greats would have pulled off in a moment that, even 18, and I know he's long, I, I felt he had to step off the shot a couple times. felt like the wind was pumping 30 yards. Uh, he still had whatever he had to hit a 250 yard club, give or take into that second shot. It's gone viral with 
he we've talked about him before. He's a natural draw of the ball. He played that little baby cut. I mean, that's I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. One of the better shots of his career. That Rory said the same thing. I mean, so you're not being hyperbolic unless he is as well. When when the player himself says that's one of the best shots of my career, it's hard to argue with him. I was asked yesterday, John, does it matter how Rory won? My answer was a thousand percent. If Rory had a four shot lead going into the final round, bogeyed the last two holes and sort of swung to a one shot victory, we'd be sitting here right now going, yeah, he won, but not sure he can do it in the clutch. Not sure he can deal with the pressure. Not sure he can uh, hit the shots when it really matters because he sort of backed his way into a victory. When he does it the way he did it, standing on the 17th tee, down a stroke, and needs to hit a couple of great shots, that's exactly what he did. Uh, that shot in 18, uh, the, and, and the shot you're saying that went viral is the swing from behind him. Quite honestly, you watch it enough, that looks like Tiger. I, I mean, it just looks like Tiger standing on a links course. Looks like his swing. It was a beautiful swing by Rory. He thought he missed the 10-foot butt as someone with a big ticket on Robert McIntyre. I had a second of hope there. I was like, oh, he missed. Oh, no, he didn't miss it. Damn it. And so I I didn't cash my tickets. I was probably one of the very few people in the world who was like kind of bummed out. I love Rory, but a little bummed out my ticket didn't cash. But other than that, uh, great to see from Rory. He's been knocking on the door for a long time now. Now he goes to the Open, brimming with confidence, filled with momentum, Back to a course where he won back in 2014. All systems go again, I think. Well, and then you immediately check Monday morning. He's the betting favorite, and it doesn't really feel that crazy. Obviously, the last two guys to win at this course in this tournament were, I, I wouldn't say peak Tiger Woods. You could argue that was early 2000s, but 06, 07, he was pretty damn good. And Rory, when he was shooting like a rocket ship. So you and I were texting a couple days ago, clearly going to be a big boy winning this bad boy. And it feels like Rory, the momentum, maybe a little weight's off his shoulder after all this merger stuff, the talk, it's just kind of out there. He's clearly playing really well. I, I've, You and I have talked the last couple of majors, like, ah, I don't know about Rory. feel a little more confident. Like, I, if you got a ticket on him or want to put some cash on him, I don't think it's crazy at all where he's gotten really close. I mean, hell, at the U.S. Open, he easily could have won that thing, but he didn't. I, I feel like I'm not going to be shocked at all come Sunday if he's the champion. I won't either. It's still a really short number. I can't bring myself to go plus 650, plus 700 on anybody in a major championship field unless you're giving me Tiger in his prime. Uh, that said, I'd like to wait and see. Rory tends to get off to some slow starts. Maybe he shoots one over 72 in the opening round, five shots back. That number goes to, say, plus 1100, plus 1150. And now I can rationalize taking him at that point um, and, and a little bit bigger of a number, but uh, no, it's going to be a big boy. I, I think there's some myths about the open championship. One of those myths that I wrote about this week is that I think we tend to look at the guys who are from England and Scotland and uh, over in Europe. And we go, those guys are the good links players. Those guys are the ones who like dealing with the elements. We had Shane Lowry on a radio show last week. Shane Lowry goes, man, I moved to Florida, so I wouldn't have to deal with that stuff anymore. I hate playing in the rain. Shane Lowry, like the first thing you think of is like that dude loves playing in the wind and rain. He's like, no, I don't. That's what I play. So I think we tend to nobody, give nobody too much does. Credit. Yeah, we we tend to give too much credit to the Europeans and not enough credit to the Americans. And I I am completely guilty of that fact every summer myself. The other part of this is the fact that 
we tend to look at the Open Championship and say, oh, this is one where anybody can win. You know, like that ball starts bouncing around on a links course. You get some big breaks. You can be a Todd Hamilton or a Ben Curtis or Tom Watson, who nearly won at age 59. Darren Clark, who won in his 40s in 2011. You can be a player like that and still win this thing. Well, I got news for y'all. You go back over the past decade, and it's stud after stud after stud who's not only won this golf tournament. I went back in my preview this week. The last four editions of the event over the last five years, they didn't play in 2020. Essentially, the top five, there's no surprise. Maybe a Dylan Fratelli like three or four years ago finishing in fifth place. That's about it. Other than that, it's pretty much household names up and down the top of the leaderboard. And so... If you're looking for guys who are like, well, he's 400 to one, I'm going to take a shot. I, I don't mind the idea, but what we've seen is essentially the chalk plays out at this golf tournament. Yeah, my, my girlfriend looked at me when we were watching Roy win. I said, God, I, I had the long-haired guy. She's like, do you ever win outright bets? I'm like, well, I haven't won one since Torrey Pines, but I hit a lot of top fives and top tens. And I think my favorite bet this weekend is Tommy Fleetwood to top 10. And if you wanted to get aggressive to top five, he's obviously had a lot of success. He's your classic, like, well, just yep. don't just bet on a guy from across the pond. No, he plays well and he's trending. Betting him to win will let you down, even though his odds, you know, 25 to one, feels like he's bound to get it. But to be safe, top 10 feels like almost like a lock. And definitely, if you want to get aggressive, top five, he's playing really, really well. It's just, and, and every single week, he's got like, you look up, oh, he shot 62 today. And it's always why he gets really high on the leaderboard. He just yep. can't finish for whatever fucking reason on Sunday. I mean, that, that played into his hand on Sunday. The wind was pumping. Roy was a little off early. And then I look up and it's just nowhere to be found. Except I would third. say all of, all of the exact same words. Everything you just said and put the name Terrell Hatton instead of Tommy Fleetwood in there. And it all rings true. It's like, man, Lynx Golf Course, top 10, no doubt. Probably a top five. Love him this week. Love him on these types of tracks. Shoots a low number every week. I not get it done, and I don't know why. And look, either of those guys, law of averages, would go out there and win this golf tournament. Exactly. But you're looking at them more as props, more as DFS uh, options than you are as outright plays this week just because they don't seem to win. Fowler's another guy that I think top 10 has got yep. written all over him. I, I yep. He finished second, obviously, whatever, a decade ago to Rory in, in this tournament, but it's less about that and more just he's really good. And he, it's it's cool to have him back. To me, Fowler, Fleetwood, I, I wrote down Hatton as well. I, to me, the long shot feels crazy, but Potty Harrington's number is just so high to win it. Yeah. If you want to dabble yeah. in the top 10s, top 20s, top yep. 10s probably a little strong, but top 20, he's a guy. Another, don't just go across the pond. Well, he actually plays pretty well given his age. Clearly, What's unique about him is Tiger and Phil. Obviously, Phil left the PGA Tour and Tiger's injured. But like he would have been right with them of just a guy that feels very comfortable who's a senior tour guy, but playing still with the guys. Like I looked up at Scottish Open come Saturday morning. He was like top 10. <laughs> and it's, he, he can play really well. He's really impressive. I, I would pick him for the Ryder Cup team, by the way. No, he's not making the Ryder Cup team. I, I don't think so. There, there are enough other options out there that are sort of. That'd be uh, pretty cool, though, right wouldn't it? I guess so. I, I look, we play well there. I, yeah, I guess. I, 
I'm fine with it. I don't know. We've talked well, about it's, this. It's, 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 not to get on a tangent, but like, does Sergio have any chance or they're not going to mess with those guys? You think? I, I don't think they're going to let him on the team. I, I've gone through the list and they're, they're eight essentially. And I am right in front of me right now, but from yeah. Rory, Rom, Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood, Fitz, Rose, Lowry. There we go. I did all eight of them. Uh, those yeah. eight are, are essentially locks. Well, you know, whoever makes it in the top six, whoever's named to the team, I can't imagine those guys aren't on the team. Last four, Ludwig. Ludwig has a great chance. I think McIntyre now has a great chance. I think, I don't know how you pick one Hoygaard and not the other one, but you think they make a pretty good team if you want to put both Hoygaards on there. Um, you know, Adrian Morant's yeah. got a chance, but I guess Harrington has a chance, uh, and especially if he plays well. I like him a lot this week. Look, there's two things about Patty, and I think we tend to look at guys who are the senior player. I mean, this goes back to Fred Couples and Bernard Longer making the cut and contending at the Masters for years into their uh, 50 and over years. But Roderick Harrington's made the cut in seven straight starts against non-senior competition. So in the Scottish Open, in the U.S. Open, in the PGA Championship, th- he's making cuts every single week. Um, and then there's the fact that usually when you're playing – an older player against all the great players in the game. They're saying, well, hopefully it's a golf course where you don't need to have power. Harrington's as long as almost anybody out there. He has gained distance as he's gotten older and gained a lot of distance. So it's not even like you're saying, hey, you know, as long as he can knock it out there 250 and still contend with these guys, the old guy can get it done. No, he's it's at 305, 310 <laughs> average off the tee. I'm not worried about Padraig Arrington not having enough distance. So I'm with you. I listed him for a top 30 in my preview this week, but I wrote, if you want to take a chance on him as a top 10, I have no problem with that. Before we get into your pick to win it, uh, you got some fades? Because for me, one name, I mean, his odds are just so spicy given how talented he is histor- you know, throughout his career. But JT just... I, I don't know if I could play. I don't care if his odds are 200 to one. It just feels like he's yeah. and Spieth. Spieth feels like he's just heading the wrong way, though. I think his success in Lynx golf over his, you know, over his time playing is the best, right? Shots gained, whatever, over the last 10 years, he's as good as anyone over that period of time. But God, he, he does not look right. Uh, JT does not interest me at all, even at that number. I mean, it's such a sucker play. It's like the books are begging us just to go, all right, I'll play a little JT at 75 to one. I, it's an unbelievable number for a guy who's <laughs> one of the best golfers in the world, or at least has been. Did you and I have been talking? He's typically like, I would say, hovers between 15 and 19 to one in every tournament, including majors. If I had told you, John, six months ago, you could have Justin Thomas at a major at 75 to one, you'd be like, here's all of my money. Like, I'm going to take a loan <laughs> out from the bank and put more on JT because that's Insane. ridiculous. And now you're like, eh, don't really want him at that number. Speeds I like for like a single round investment. And so I've got him for first round leader because at any given moment, especially on a Lynx golf course, he rolls in four 30 footers and shoots 64. And you're like, oh. Here comes Spieth. I don't know that he can get it done for four rounds right now, but I certainly don't dislike him this week. There's those other guys that I like better. Um, as far as fades for me, I look at guys without much Lynx experience who are younger players. That Maybe they get there at some point. I, you mentioned Sam Burns. I love Sam Burns' game. I think he's a terrific player. Not a ton of Lynx experience. Younger guy, American. Wyndham Clark won last month at the U.S. Open. I know a lot of people like him this week. Those are the types of guys that I look at and I just go, I just, 
maybe they finish in the top 20, but I don't see them coming close to a serious title contention on a golf course like this. What about Bryson DeChambeau at 70 to 1? It feels like he's been playing a lot better reading about this course. Dry, obviously, that in course OB, it's a little tighter, but his driving has been really good. Uh, you can't get me there. Uh, look, Bryson at a U.S. Open venue, at a PGA Championship venue, uh, that's his kind of shtick. At an open championship, I look. I just I can't get there on him. I don't think it's going to happen. By the way, internal OB, I, that th- it's the dumbest thing ever. It's like, look, you cover the NFL. It's like we take the NFL and we're we're just going to paint a white stripe, an out of bounds stripe, like four yards into the field at some point, and you're like, hey, sorry, man, you were on a fly pattern, you caught the ball, but you went out of bounds because we moved out of bounds into the field of play. That's the best thing I've ever seen. What's, like, what's, the, what's the logic behind it on, on their side? I think they're trying to prevent guys from just hammering driver off the tee and then being able to get home in two on a par five, which tells me there's a an architectural problem with that golf hole if you've got to put in internal OB so that guys have to lay up. So essentially, it's going to be a four iron, four iron hole. You're making the hole stupid as opposed to making it a risk reward kind of hole. I'd rather just... Why not? Like, let's on par four. I don't care what you do. Internal out of bounds. At some point, someone's going to hit the right side of that fairway. Ball's going to take a weird hop. It's going to go two yards off the fairway to the right and be out of bounds. They're going to have to re-tee. I mean, it's it's really, I, I can't stand that. I am one who, like, when I'm playing, like, I don't care. Like, if my ball's in somebody's backyard and I can hop a fence and get a club on it, like, I know that's not the rules. I know that's not what we're supposed to do. Like, if me and my buddies are like, hey, we're playing local rules, we've got our own rules, like, I don't care. There's your ball. Go hit it. Like, there's no Agreed. out of bounds just because someone decided to put a boundary here and put someone's backyard at this spot and put a stake there, and that's where your golf course ends. I don't know if your ball's there. Hit your ball. That's how the game works. Who you got this week? Going with Victor Hovland at 20-1. to 1. I've had him circled for this one ever since. He won the Memorial Tournament. In fact, even before that, you and I have talked about this. PGA Championship. Double bogey, leaves one in the fairway bunker on 16, uh, takes himself out of contention. Afterwards, about 30, 45 minutes later, I'm standing in the scoring area, and Hovland walks off. And I've never seen him like this, but okay, I don't expect him to be the usual happy-go-lucky victor who's like bouncing around as as he normally is with a big smile on his face. But he was not distraught he was not discouraged he was mad and and i have never seen him with steam coming out of his ears like he was in that moment i looked at him and go a switch was just flipped in victor hovland he's gonna start winning stuff very soon two weeks later won the memorial tournament in a playoff a lot of people were on for the u.s open i thought that's too quick to win two within a three-week span but wait for this one we talk about Guys who play Lynx golf courses really well. He is a guy that was 12th two years ago. Last year, played in the final pairing alongside Rory McIlroy. Didn't get it done. Finished in fourth place. He's proven that he can play well on this type of golf course. So I love Hovland. He's my guy this week. Others that I like, we talked about Hatton and uh, and Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler. Uh, Adam Scott, I was on last week for the Scottish Open. You and I didn't do a podcast, but... He was about 50, 55 to 1 for the Scottish. And look, he's been trending in the right direction. Uh, he loves Lynx golf. He missed the cut last week, but he missed the cut going 72 67. 
It's like he shot 83. I mean, yeah. the, the seven in the second round is a, a damn good score. This is the cut, doesn't get there on the weekend, shows up this week, and now he's 80, 85 to one. That's a massive number for Adam Scott. So I like that as well. If you want a couple of other big-time long shots, the live players at the top are finally being priced correctly, like Kepka and Cam Smith. Probably have the right numbers next to their names. The guys from live who are further down the board don't necessarily have the right numbers. Louis Ustazen is 40 years old. We treat Louis like he's 74. We treat Louis like he's an old man. He's six years older than Ricky Fowler. He's not at old. He's been around for a while. He's been playing some good golf. He's 110 to one this week. I'll take a little shot on him. And then a big shot, Henrik Stenson. Again, another guy who's he's won the Open in the last 10 years. He's had multiple top three finishes besides that. No, he's not playing his best golf. I don't think he's going to win. But if they played this event this week 100 different times, could Henrik Stenson win one of them? Sure. So I'm looking for that. One in a hundred play at four hundred to one. It makes sense to take a chance on it. God, Louis Ustase. I mean, so him and DJ are essentially the same age. If you just asked people that follow golf, like Louis and DJ, what's the age gap? You'd be like nine years. You know, I, it's because I'm pretty sure DJ is like thirty nine. Louis forty. I would have guessed he was forty seven years old. I, I would have guessed he was like Ian Poulter's age or something. That's that's the wildest thing I've heard in a long, long time. One October 19th, 1982. <laughs> he is 40. Hang on. Uh, I bet DJ was born in 83. So he's 39. DJ is June 22nd, 84. So uh, essentially, Louis like a year and a half older than DJ. Would you agree that if you just asked the casual golf fan, they would say at minimum five-year age gap between those of two? Because Louis hurt a lot. I, I don't know. We haven't seen him in a while. feels like he's been around. Like, at no point has Louis ever felt like a a young guy who's going to go tear it up. He just he he went to live last year, and we're like, oh, all the older guys in the back nine of their career are going to live. He was in his thirties still when he went to live. He he still got some game. I I don't know. I'll take a chance on him. There's nothing really to say with Scotty besides he's an absolute ass kicker. But the guy who's kind of just disappeared. And you text me like, get ready for him. He's, he's pretty dialed. Is I'm, I'm going to start calling him the venture capitalist because I saw that he got an equity stake in Top Golf. Is uh-huh. uh, John Rom? <laughs> so yeah. uh, he's been a little out of sight, out of mind. He started the the season. I mean, he's got more wins than Scotty Scheffler, who it feels is having a much better season than him. He's got more wins than basically everybody. Uh, he's made 15 million dollars this year. This tournament, I mean, he's. it feels like he's inevitably going to win a Grand Slam, right? He's already got two of the four, and he's going to win this tournament. Like, I, I would bet $50,000 that he's going to win an Open in his career, right? That feels like a lock at some point in time over the next decade. This week, though, is that is that crazy to say? Yeah. Like, and you're no, right, look. and you'll come back and say, hey, no one's hard, and he could win multiple Masters and never win this tournament. Lee Trevino never won the Masters. I mean, it's, it's, you're not guaranteed to win every major. I don't give a shit who you are. Right. But this this clearly is going to mean a lot to him, given his, given where he comes from and who he looks up to, right? So a bunch of stuff here. First of all, we talk about the quote-unquote big three right now in golf. Okay, Scotty Scheffler. Everyone's got Scotty Scheffler stats. In fact, you texted me on Sunday. You're like, he's only lost to nine guys in his last four starts. I went through the whole thing. This year, he's played 16 times. He's beaten 1,935 competitors. He's lost to 71 of them. He's essentially averaging like he's 
getting beaten by four players and he's beating 129 players. I mean, it's it's unbelievable yeah, it's what Scotty's doing uh, with his ball striking, with the results. But you talk about the big three. Okay, Scotty's getting all the attention for how well he's playing. Rory gets attention because he's Rory. He's coming off a victory. John Rahm, essentially the question around him right now is, hey, where where's he been? I spoke with him a month ago as soon as he finished final round 65 at the U.S. Open, finished in 10th place. It was fine. And he goes, man, I got one more start, and then I can't wait. I have not taken an extended vacation over a year. I'm looking forward to it. Should be no surprise that a week later, he missed the cut at the Travelers. But I can tell you, John, it's been... Hey, so, so, he was with over July 4th week, and J.J. Watt has a house, I don't know where, on some lake. He okay. was up there with him. He was hanging yeah. out with him for the week. Him and T.J. Him, TJ Watt, J.J. Watt, just kicking it. There you go. I mean, I... Look, I, and I have no doubt that John's coming into this one prepared. Two things. First of all, I've heard that, I mean, he's going down the rabbit hole. Like, he spends nights instead of like, you know, I don't know, I watch reruns of The Office every night. John Rahm's sitting there going down the rabbit hole watching old editions of the U- of the uh, Open Championship on YouTube, like watching guys play Lynx golf, watching Royal Liverpool. Uh, he is that focused on what he's going to try to do this week. And secondly, remember when he won the Masters? Three months ago, there was a question asked of him, when you were growing up, is this the major that always meant the most to you that you always wanted to win? He goes, look, he's very deferential. He said, anything that Seve did, I wanted to do. So the fact that Seve won the Masters, it, it made it something that I wanted to accomplish. But to be honest with you, no, growing up, the Open Championship is the one that I always wanted. And as a European, that's still the one that I'm going to want. I, I'm telling you, he is fired up for this one. I think that we almost, over the last month or so, have forgotten how good he is. When John Robb's playing his best golf, he still might be the best player in the world. I know that's hard to say when Scotty's doing what Scotty's doing right now, but John Rom is really, really, really good, and we tend to forget it. Uh, we, we're so fickle that you know if we haven't seen it in the last three or four weeks, it's like it doesn't exist anymore. I'm just saying, watch out for John Rom. And if you just look at it from an odds perspective, right, if you, we say, you know, on a given week, if they're all playing well, they're basically even, the three of them. John's odds are basically almost double what those two guys are. I mean, you can find them right. 11, 12 to 1. So from a value standpoint, if if we all acknowledge it's going to be one of the top 8, 9, 10 guys, yep. well, you can get one of the top three guys at much better odds than the other two. So you just convinced me. I think I'm going to put some shekels. John Rom's odds, I'm just looking at it right now, 12 to 1. I mean, you got to put, like you said, 6.5 or whatever for Rory, who... Love the guy, but when's the last time he won a major tournament? John <laughs> Rom top five this week uh, is my favorite play for him. I, I just think he's he's going to be there. Do you like Rom more than Cam Smith this week? Yes, I am about to do my ranking. I'll do like a top 25 or so ranking of the field, and I've kind of got it in my head. I've got to write it all out, and I'll have it out later today. But uh, Rom will be somewhere around third or fourth on my list. Cam Smith will be somewhere around sixth or seventh. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, it's not th- there's not a massive differential. I I like looking for matchup bets. I, I think it's a really good exercise. Like, uh, and for people that are listening, go do the same thing. Go essentially make your own top twenty five ranking, and then you go look at the matchup bets. And if you have a guy who's fourth and he's matched up against a guy who you have six, all right, you're probably not betting that. Not much of a differential. But you have a guy who's fourth and another guy that you have twenty fifth on your list, and you go, okay, there's a massive differential. I should bet that guy who's fourth on my list okay so this podcast is all over hovland rom fleetwood and hatton let's get it baby
Yeah, love that. So we'll have a good weekend. Let's in. Uh, let's enjoy the open. And uh, sad day because this is the last major of the year. So the Masters, you're you're wearing a Masters shirt. We got we got a little while. Uh, yeah, nine months away for the next major after this week. Uh, look, I've got some FOMO not being there this week. I've covered probably seven or eight of these in the past. I uh, kind of wish I was there. But that said, so funny. I, we had John Wood, who does a great job for NBC on our show uh, not that long ago. And he said, yeah, un- unfortunately, it looks like a lot of wind, a lot of rain, some bad weather. I go, hold on. That's unfortunate when you're there and you're covering the event. And I've been there. Look, I've been there when it feels like the roof is going to blow off of the media tent. And it feels like, you know, we're all getting sucked up into the vortex. That said, when you're not there, like there's nothing better than laying on the couch at six in the morning, watching guys trudge around in rain pants and beanie caps, you know, dealing with the conditions. When you got like a, a bacon and egg sandwich sitting on your chest, laying on the couch, watching them. I, I can't wait for that this week. Well, let's enjoy the open Sobel and uh, have a good weekend. Thanks, buddy. You too. volume with the wells fargo active cash credit card you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need that means you earn on what you want like trying out that new workout class and two percent cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles that's the beauty of the active cash credit card it's ready when you are with unlimited two percent cash rewards the wells fargo active cash credit card that's real life ready terms apply learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.